Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. The Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to Mach 1 Market Moment with the team from Mach 1 Financial Group. Joining me here is Retirement Income Planning Specialist Matt Walters. You can reach out to the team at 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. You can also find them online at Mach1Financial.com. That's Mach1Financial.com. Matt, welcome in. How are you? I'm good, Mark. Uh, just been enjoying the weather. Things warming up a bit, so that's always it. nice. That's always nice. I'm with you there. Hey, listen, I got a few email questions for you to tackle this week. If you feel up to uh, offering a few things for these folks to think about who have submitted some questions into the website. So let's tackle a couple of these, shall we? Sounds good. All right. Arnold is over in Rogers, and he's got a good one for you. He says, Matt, a financial advisor once told me to consider doing a stretch IRA, but I heard something a few weeks ago that said new decisions from Congress might end this option. Can you shed some light on me about that strategy, and will it be around anymore? Yeah, Arnold, good question here. So this is a this is a little bit more of advanced planning when it comes to IRAs and planning for the future, really. So a stretch IRA is it's not any type of special account, really. I mean, at all, it's more or less planning from a beneficiary standpoint of who would you want to leave the account to if something happened to you. So this has often been used by maybe some very wealthy people or people who have large amounts of money in IRAs or tax deferred accounts because when that individual, the owner of that account passes away, then it's left to you know whoever they have listed as a beneficiary. Well, if your spouse is listed as a beneficiary and they're, they're uh, close to the same age as you, then that income has to be taken out in the form of what's called required minimum distributions based on the life expectancy of that beneficiary. Okay, gotcha. so if there's someone that is older and a similar age of the person who passed away, then the life expectancy may not be that much longer for that individual. And so they're going to be required to take out large sums of money as income each year out of that IRA. So what a stretch IRA, the proposed planning method for that is list younger individuals, maybe grandchildren or great-grandchildren as beneficiaries on the IRA so that the required minimum distribution, the required amount to be taken out each year is much less because their life expectancy is much, much longer. Okay, So it's just a way to stretch the funds out over a much longer period of time because if that money is coming out of an IRA uh, or qualified account, then it's going to be fully subject to tax. So it could help you know, help with tax planning and those sorts of things. So that kind of gives you a quick idea of what a stretch IRA is. Now, some of the new legislator that's been proposed by the House has offered some adjustments and changes to the RMD rules, which I think could be a good thing. But it's like every tax tax bill that's proposed, there are other components to it as well, not just what they make it sound like on its face. So the other side of it would be it would eliminate or change the rules behind listing non-spouses on IRAs as beneficiaries. So if you listed a grandchild or a great-grandchild, what the current proposed legislator has is that you would be forced to take that out over a 10-year period. And the Senate then even put out a proposal saying, well, if it's over a certain dollar amount, and that individual is a certain age, then you might be forced to actually take that out over a five-year period. So to answer your question, Arnold, is it going to be around? 
it's really hard to say. I mean, <laughs> right. if this current legislator, you know, legislation gets pushed through, then yeah, that could make the stretch IRA idea or planning process go away altogether. I wouldn't worry too much about it. To be honest, it's only appropriate for certain people to begin with. And if that is appropriate for you, then, you know, let's talk. We'd love to sit down and plan that out with you. Just because it could theoretically go away at some point doesn't mean it still might not make sense to do because beneficiaries can always be changed. So we could always update that in the future if if legislation was passed that changed the situation. Gotcha. Well, good question, Arnold. And yeah, I mean, obviously, I would say definitely have the conversation, sit down and talk with an advisor, make sure that A, it's going to be the right thing for you because, you know, just one guy telling you that may not necessarily be the right thing, and especially if he didn't go through the whole process of knowing your situation completely. So give uh, Matt and the team there at Mach 1 Financial Group a jingle at 479-876-2100, 479-876-2100. Got a question for you from Michelle. She's in Pineville. And she says, she says, Matt, I'm in love. <laughs> I don't think she meant you, so relax. Uh, and I've been proposed to, but I haven't said yes yet. This would be a second marriage for both of us. Everything is great except for one issue. My potential husband has over 100000 in debt. It's a mix of different things, car loan, credit card, school debt from a child, things of that nature. Is it unwise to marry under these circumstances, or at least how do you advise clients getting into a second marriage with something like this situation? Yeah, Michelle. Tricky question. Yeah. I, I want to try to make sure I'm I'm not serving as potential pre-marriage counselor or anything <laughs> right. to that effect. But but that said, I mean, the first thing is it's good that you're aware of his financial situation. Absolutely. So that's a good first step that you guys have had this conversation and that you're not um he hasn't tried to keep these things from you. So that's good. That being said, it really takes, you know, some deep, potentially hard conversations to be had because, you know, being married to somebody or getting married to somebody with a little bit of debt isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, trying to keep from getting in a bad situation, protecting ourselves could be good as well. So discussing what type of debt, you know, how that debt was accrued, are those was it accrued because of bad habits? Were those are those bad habits still in place or if we mm, good point. Um, you know, has someone taking the steps necessary to eliminate those bad habits. You know, you had mentioned school debt from a child from a previous marriage. Why is, you know, why is that debt on on your fiance? I and mean, why is that not the child's responsibility? Is that something that could be changed? Those types of things. So it's not that, I wouldn't say it's unwise to marry in, in situations where there's debt that's involved. That said, as much transparency and as much detail that can be discussed and hashed out on the front end, and then just planning to make sure that whatever reasons that debt was accrued and all of those things aren't going to be an ongoing issue. And lots of times I joke with a lot of my clients, you could ask them, you know, when we sit down and go through the monthly budgets and some of the things, I can quickly turn into marriage counselor. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Kind of yeah. wear multiple hats. So yep. would love to have a conversation with you, Michelle, and your fiance or your potential fiance. Right. And just talk through that. Talk about the pros and cons, how to plan for those types of things and see what we can do. Well, you know, I think you make a couple of good points there. Obviously, yeah, you don't want to step into too much relationship water, but at the same time, you know, is there a plan in place to address some of this debt? Maybe he already has a plan in place. Has he shared that with you? If not, is that something you guys can work through together? Uh, some of the other suggestions that Matt had, obviously, there's some things there to consider. So yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those situations where at least you're off on the right track by A, knowing about it, and B, being able to talk about it. So go one step further and, and make sure you're both sitting down with an advisor and seeing how this situation can be tackled or handled. So great question. 
question and good luck. <laughs> Absolutely good luck. 479-876-2100, your number to call. This is the Mach 1 Market Moment, 479-876-2100. Final quick question here, and it's from Vera, and Vera is in Bella Vista. And she says, it seems like we're going to be headed into a downturn on the market soon. Of course, everybody keeps saying that. What strategies do you think are best for handling a potential down market for someone like me in their 50s or 60s versus someone in their 30s? I'm asking for advice because my son also is younger than me, and I'd like to get a take for both of our ages. Yeah, excellent question, Vera. So, yeah, it seems like every year people are talking about, well, you know, this is the year for the next big downturn. And, uh, you know, we've been hearing that since you know well, really since the last 14. one yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't long after the last one where you heard man things have bounced back so quick that you know we're in for another one here right, right around the corner so no one knows any more than you know no one has a crystal ball we don't have a crystal ball but we can plan and protect ourselves based on just the overall situation you know we'd be lying to say if, that we aren't on the tail end of what you could consider a bull market over the last decade, you know, there's reason to believe that, you know, some things could happen, but does that mean we're about to enter into a major recession? You know, I don't, I don't necessarily right. think so. A pullback, uh, a correction, a recession, they're all different, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in the fourth quarter of last year, we saw a pretty big pullback, you know, S&P yeah. was down around 20%, but things have bounced back and we're back to about where we were in September of last year already. So, yeah. you know, pretty rough stretch of the market, but that said, had we overreacted, you know, we could have missed out on a lot of things. Very so, true. so yeah, so that's one of the things that we really focus on here at Mach 1. A large portion of our client base are individuals who are nearing or entering into retirement. We work with a lot of younger families as well and have strategies for them. But we do work with a lot of people that are close to or already in retirement. So the three key principles of retirement are protect my principal, generate income. And if we can do one and two, then let's see if we can grow it a bit. So those are the three key principles. The first one being protect our principal. So that's what we really focus on here at Mach 1 is implementing strategies that give us a defined downside, give us a defined risk per se. So how much you know potential to return could we expect? But the more important component of that, how much risk are we taking to generate that return? So a lot of the strategies we use have defined risk. We have we use different things like options contracts to ensure and help protect some of our portfolios. You know, we use for clients who need which a lot of people do, some part of their portfolio in completely risk-free assets. You know, we use certain types of annuities, fixed index annuities, to just take the market risk completely off the table. So there's a lot of different strategies. Everybody's situation looks different. You know, some clients are using annuities, some clients aren't. Some clients are using market-based strategies, some clients aren't. So everybody's going to look a little bit different. And yeah. if your son who's younger, right, he may not be worried, quite as worried about downside protection. Yeah, for right? him, it's more about the time in the market. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. He needs to be invested and stay invested. So what strategies can we implement that give us the best return potential depending on his age and his situation? And then for yourself, Vera, you know, how much return do we need to generate to make retirement successful? And then how much risk do we have to take to generate that type of return? So defining your downside. And that's what we specialize here in uh, Mach 1, our strategies do that and provide that for our clients. And we'd love to have that conversation and figure out what might work for you. 
Well, if you'd like to take advantage, uh, any of the folks that wrote into the, uh, the program today, if you'd like to follow up or if you're listening and you'd like to get your own conversation started about your own retirement planning, reach out to them for a review at 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100 to talk with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group, serving you here in Northwest Arkansas at Mach1Financial.com. You can find them online there. But the quickest thing is just to give them a call. Get on the calendar. 479-876-2100. This has been the Mach 1 Market Moment. Advisory services through Capel Advisory Solutions, LLC, DBA Fusion Capital Management. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the potential loss of principal. Please see full disclosures at www.mock-1financial.com.